What is knowledge? Most basic question we can ask in epistemology. Knowledge is a kind of belief, but not all beliefs qualify as knowledge. What distinguishes knowledge from mere belief? It was, unsurprisingly, Plato, with his special talent for ferreting out philosophical questions, who first posed this one. He devoted one of his dialogues, the Theotetus, to the question, and he essentially answered it there, although he found reasons to doubt his own answer. And so that dialogue ends, like so many others of his dialogues, in aporia, the impasse. But the answer that we've since settled on is that knowledge is justified true belief. There happen to be a few ingeniously constructed counterexamples. They're called Gettier counterexamples that demonstrate that sometimes we can have justified true beliefs that don't qualify as knowledge, but they're very in geniusness seems to suggest that in general, justified true belief captures what we mean by knowledge. This answer yields us three separate elements, belief, truth, and justification. First of all, knowledge is belief. If I know that P, where P is a proposition, you remember propositions from our discussion of abstract entities, then I must believe that P. But what is a belief? A belief is an attitude on the part of a person, the believer, taken toward a proposition. To believe is to take the attitude of truth toward a proposition. That second element of knowledge, namely truth, is in a certain sense already present in the first element, belief. At least it's present aspirationally. There are other propositional attitudes, for example, disbelief or denial or doubt is a propositional attitude. So is fear and hope. These verbs are followed by the word that, which is then followed by a proposition. Let's consider a particular proposition. Say that there's life elsewhere in the universe, which is a very interesting proposition. I can believe that there's life elsewhere in the universe. I can doubt that there's life elsewhere in the universe. I can fear that or hope that there is life elsewhere in the universe. Belief is the most basic of our propositional attitudes. We are expressing it every time we make an assertion, unless we are deliberately lying. Simply to believe is to engage with the idea of truth, the goal of truth. Being a believer, which all of us are regarding at least some propositions, is being a truth engager a truth aspirer. To express our beliefs was likely the very reason that language was created, so that we might be able to pool our claims of truth and learn from one another. As language-using, believing creatures, we are not indifferent to the truth. Our engagement with the goal of truth is baked right into this most basic of attitudes that we can take toward propositions, which is to believe them true. Our age is often described as post-truth. It's one of those catchy, attention-getting journalistic phrases, and like so many of them, it's not clear what precisely it means. If it means to suggest that we are no longer engaged with truth, then that is tantamount to asserting that we no longer have any beliefs, including the belief that we live in a post-truth age. So that can't be what people mean by that statement, since it would be self-refuting. Whatever it is people are trying to say when describing us as post-truth, it leaves our engagement with truth untouched. Can there be false knowledge? No more than there can be married bachelors. False knowledge, like married bachelors, involves a conceptual violation. The definition of knowledge, justified true belief, stipulates 
that one's belief in order to be known must be true. An attitude of truth taken toward a specific proposition might be what a belief is. But as we all know, beliefs can be mistaken. You can sometimes assume an attitude of truth toward a false proposition all of us have. There's nothing contradictory in ascribing a false belief to someone, even oneself, though always at a different time from when one actually holds the belief. But it is contradictory to say that someone knows that P, even though P is false. One can say that somebody knows that vaccines cause autism, although we can say that some people believe that vaccines cause autism. Knowing that, as opposed to believing that, is what is called by both philosophers and linguists a success verb. The aspiration of belief is truth. And when you know that P, your aspiration is fulfilled, you are successfully believing. But is that enough for knowledge, believing truly? No. And that's where that third element comes in, justification. Justification is meant to rule out your beliefs being accidentally true. Belief is an attitude of truth we take toward propositions on the basis of reasons. There are two things that we humans do on the basis of reasons. One is having beliefs and the other is performing actions. And in both cases, because there are reasons, the question of justification comes up. The question comes up as to whether the reasons are good, whether we ought to believe as we do, whether we ought to act as we do. So there is normative aspect, an odd aspect in believing, just as there is in performing actions. We are called to account in both circumstances. Let's go back to the belief that there's intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. And let's suppose, for the sake of argument, that this proposition is true. Compare the following two people who both believe truly that there's life elsewhere in the universe, though for very different reasons. Dr. McX is a scientist who studies how life first arose on our planet, and her studies have led her to conclude that the appearance of life, given certain conditions, is a fairly typical event, not requiring any anomalies, any freakish occurrences. She also has a good idea of the magnitude of the universe with its multitude of galaxies, so many as to probably have among them planets that replicate the conditions necessary for life. She estimates that the probability is fairly high that there is life elsewhere in the universe. She thus believes, and believes truly on our supposition, that there is life elsewhere in the universe. Now, Dr. McX has a neighbor who likewise believes truly that there's life elsewhere in the universe. Call him Wyatt. Wyatt is a regular reader of a newspaper that carries headlines like these. L.A. Quake opens gates of hell. Computer virus spreads to humans. Wyatt has read numerous stories that involve space aliens, including one with this headline, female space alien accuses Bill Clinton of sexual misconduct. Wyatt believes that there is life elsewhere in the universe. After all, he's seen a picture of an alien standing naked right next to Bill Clinton. Both Dr. McX and Wyatt believe truly that there is life elsewhere in the universe. Their attitude of truth toward the proposition are both equally successful. And yet I think that we would want to say that only one of them, sorry Wyatt, knows 
that there is life elsewhere in the universe. And that's where justification comes in. We believe on the basis of reasons, which means our reasons must impinge on the likelihood of our beliefs being true. The newspaper pictures that Wyatt regards as evidence don't do that. There are alternative explanations for how that picture came to be in this newspaper that are far more likely, indeed quite humdrum, than that someone photographed Bill Clinton standing leeringly next to a space alien. It seems entirely accidental that Wyatt's attitude of truth toward the proposition happens to be successful. For those of you who speak the language of Bayesian statistics, Wyatt's reasons haven't budged his prior. But does Dr. McEx really know that there's life elsewhere in the universe? After all, her reasons for believing the proposition don't guarantee the truth of the proposition. Given all that Dr. McEx knows about how non-freakish the appearance of life on Earth was and how vastly large and filled with stuff our, our universe is, it's still distinctly possible that her belief is false. Yes, her reasons do impinge on the likelihood of her belief being true, unlike Wyatt's. Given Dr. McEx's reasons, the probability of the proposition is raised, but probability doesn't amount to certainty. So isn't there something still a bit accidental about her belief turning out to be true? And because there remains something accidental about her knowing it, she doesn't know that she knows it. She knows there's life elsewhere in the universe, since she has a justified true belief, and that belief actually is true, but she doesn't, can't know that she knows it. That seems less than ideal, epistemologically speaking. In the next chapter, we'll look at a philosopher who tried to improve on the epistemological situation, insisting on ideal epistemological requirements. In the process, prioritizing our faculty for reason as being capable of allowing us always, when we know, to know that we know. His name is Rene Descartes the man generally recognized as the founder of modern philosophy. 